Yeah, because if you think about it, it's like that's like paying like forty five bucks for a GI Joe. Yep. Yeah, Acid yeah. Rain World. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is Good Morning Toy World, your source for semi-premium adult-related toy content. I am your host with the most, your ghost with the most, your one and only Pepperoni. And joining me, as always, via satellite, no title today, Tony Velocity. Did you want to say hello to the people, Tony? Sup? Yeah, they're doing I kind of like the no title. That makes makes things run easier and quicker. It <laughs> <laughs> makes things go a lot smoother. So it Gives me today... less of an aneurysm. That's, that's good. <laughs> So today is a special day. Uh, we are having Nate the Milkman, uh, my my man crush. Mm-hmm. When he listens back to this, he's going to be like, what the fuck? But it's true. Um, we're going to have Nate the Milkman here on the podcast. So we'll get him on the call in a minute here. But Tony and I were just shooting the shit about Acid yeah. Rain World. Love them, hate them. Love to hate them. them. Hate to love them. I'm obsessed. Like, What are your thoughts on Oratoi? it's it's crazy like how much influence we all have on one another because like mm-hmm. pics started showing up of acid rain world stuff and like i've always admired acid rain world i've yeah. always thought it was very cool because it's a gi joe that's essentially a 3a like it's this grimy gritty uh fantasy post-apocalyptic per- potentially world of grimy diesel soldiers and yeah. they all look great but now, like, I, I did some reckless pre-ordering on BBTS. <laughs> and then also a reckless uh, uh, cart with currently, like, four in that I'm like, do I press buy? And I'm like, I don't press buy. But I want to press buy. Maybe I just get two. I don't, do, I don't know. Do I try? Do I try and buy? Yeah. Do I try and buy? Yeah. Um, it's really, really cool. And mm-hmm. the more I look at them, the more I want them. So damn everyone in the Discord who is excited about it because you're making me want to spend money I don't have. Yeah, that's fair. I, I've i always really liked them as well, and I really like the style of the vehicles that they've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just every time I try to put one down on order, like Diamond just kind of shits the bed. Yeah. And just doesn't get them. So I was supposed to have had, I was supposed to have had like, their bigger stronghold robot. Like, if you look up Acid Rain World, the big robot that they have, that is the one that I was supposed to be getting. And then two of the little speeder bike guys. Uh, mostly because I you know, want a couple figures to go with the robots, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ordered those, was waiting on them, waiting on them, and they were supposed to have shipped out a couple months ago. And Diamond did the thing where they're just like, shipping date to be determined. Which means it might show up at some point, or it might just be cancelled forever. We've determined your shipping date is never! Yeah. <laughs> well, it's weird, because there was one time where uh, a 3A piece, it was the Crystal Jade Vaughn um, Milky Girl, that sounds really bad. <laughs> I mean, all, all 3A stuff sounds like it's straight out of a fanfic, so... It kind of does, doesn't it? Um, mm. Yeah, the Beaver Industries Milky Girl... Yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> anyway, it was a figure that I really liked, and I really liked that artist, too, and it was cool that she was doing a 3 piece. So it was like a perfect storm for me. I put down the order on it, and I was waiting for it to come in. They're just like, yeah, fuck it, to be determined, probably canceled, though, eat shit and die. I'm like, oh, thanks, Diamond. You're fucking reliable. And it sucks, because I'm like, I'm trying to... Trying to be like, hey, we can get stuff in for the like for the shop. We can get cool, unique things in, too. And then, like, it's one of those things that's just like, yeah, no, fuck you, you're in Canada, eat, go away. <laughs> eat, go away. <laughs> eat, go away. Eat dicks I, I, I don't want to say eat shit five times in the same, like, rant, so. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, but that actually showed up randomly, like, a couple months after it was, like, no longer available. That's crazy. So, sometimes it might work, sometimes it might not, I don't know, I just hope yeah. for the best. Like, and back to Acid Rain World. Yeah. Um, they're, the price point's a little high, but if you're in America and you're paying American dollars for your American toys, well, actually for your Hong Kong toys, um, yeah. if you're paying American dollars, though, for like a $26, $30 figure, it's not that bad. Like, the price mm. point's, I guess, comparable to a Marvel Legend, which maybe because of the size differential is hard to swallow, but like... I don't know, they're they're artisan, and they're neat, and they're awesome. But yeah. then, once 
you're in the glorious land of free healthcare and maple syrup, um, that comes at a price which is doubling that. So like, yeah. <laughs> you're essentially like paying like forty five, almost fifty bucks, and once shipping's included, you're paying like fifty bucks essentially for yeah. a GI Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is which is kind of crazy, but like that's kind of what kills a lot of of the drive to collect certain things. Totally, but I find Acid Rain World far more compelling than I do a Marvel Legend. Yeah, yeah, well, because it has that like niche and like I mean, just the quality, knowing that it is they're all hand painted and they are all like developed in a certain way. It's like okay, this is. Like, yes, of course, we're fucking made... toy snobs, aren't we? That's fine. I feel like we have to be. Like, it's we're like in, we're a niche within a niche. Yeah, I mean, like as someone that does collect stuff like Marvel Legends and Transformers and things like that, it's those are kind of like like having a snack. I, I oh. feel like I've used this allegory before. Where it's like have... you're kind of peckish. You want something, you so you go to McDonald's and just num num num. Mm, cool. I'm I'm satiated for now. But, like, something like an Acid Rain World or, like, Figma for me or, like, SHF. Yeah, something it's, that is it's a, little bit a lot bigger. more like getting a hand job in, like, a, a wood fire pizza place in the bathroom. Yeah, there we go. Or <laughs> I was going to say it's, like, going for ramen and then ordering a liter of sake by accident and paying way more than you wanted to. But you're like, I'm not even mad. I'm satisfied. This is great. That's way better. <laughs> That's way better than my hand job in a wood fire pizza place. I mean, now an I kind of want one of those, too. A wood fire pizza or an HJ? <laughs> so next time you come to town, am I going to give you a big old five-knuckle shuffle in the, the, the Tio Tiverte? Or Via Tiverte? <laughs> we might get kicked out again. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get banned from my favorite pizza place for HJs. I want to get, get you banned from your favorite pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> Under the table knuckle bumps. I don't know. <laughs> I want to jerk well, you up in a pizza hut. <laughs> on, on that terrible, awful note, let's get our guest, Nate the Milkman, in on this call. Uh, so Nate, if you don't know, is an Arizona-based Sofubi artist. Wonderful guy. Met him at Five Points, uh, and he agreed to come do the show. So we're having a guest, which is exciting. So let's uh, let's get him in here. Let's do it. I'm helping. So I've got my this window on a different monitor. So I'm, I'm probably going to be, like, looking off to the side a bunch. Hopefully that's not weird. I mean, you made it weird by acknowledging it. <laughs> I'm going to make it weirder. Don't worry. So we've got Nate the Milkman in the call. Do you want to uh, introduce yourself to the people listening? Sure. Um, so I'm Nate McCartney, uh, or Nate the Milkman. Uh, kind of a self-taught artist. Um, been doing the whole toy mess now for about five or six years off and on. Started off with uh, vinyl sculpture, or not vinyl sculpture, excuse me. Uh, just started off with uh, basic sculpture stuff with uh, Super Sculpey, things like that, uh, making resin figures, and then dove into painting vinyl shortly after that. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit of history for you. Hell yeah. Cool. Well, that's rad, man. Uh, so you... Uh, the, the, piece, the piece that drew me in and the piece that got us talking was your, your angry stomach. Okay. Um, and so how long ago did you, did you start that project with, with the stomach? So he started off as a, as a painting, um, originally, and I actually have the painting here. Oh, nice. I don't know how to switch the, uh, there we go. Oh, cool. Whoa. So started off as this big guy here. Um, and it was a, a character that, uh, myself and, Allie Wiederen came up with. She goes by Zombie Poop on Instagram. Uh, Excellent. I approve handle. of the name. <laughs> and uh, we started this, uh, I'd say, 2015 or so was when yeah. the, when this came about. Um, and uh, she actually did the original character design as far as the shape. I just did details like the mouth, eyes, accessories like the headband and you know, headphones and things like that. Um, so painted them. Um, and then from there, um, because I got into the toy thing, uh, collecting a lot, I decided that, you know, why not make a toy out of them? 
um, even if it was just for me um, and nobody liked them. Uh, I was kind of ready to have the biggest collection of them if that was the case. <laughs> so thankfully it worked out and there's some folks that definitely dig in. Um, so that way I can continue making, you know, different poles and, uh, you know, customs and things like that. That's awesome. That's, yeah. So was the character just simply born out of a design or is there like a deeper meaning behind it about how at some point in all of our lives, we've had a terribly angry stomach. <laughs> that's, that's uh, part of it. Um, I, I myself have had terrible stomach issues uh, for a lot of my life. Um, oh, damn. I have a lot of food allergies. Um, so that's kind of where a lot of it came from um, was I wanted to make a character that was uh, kind of the personification or embodiment of that feeling um mm -hmm. you know just being nauseous or sick to your stomach a lot yeah. yeah totally your collecting habits um were you were you always a toy collector or did you have a dark time between like your youth and your adulthood with collecting where there wasn't a lot happening or yeah i started off as a kid i collected you know like he-man and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that um but you know, as I became a young adult, there was definitely a time where I wasn't collecting anything like that. Um, I collected knives for a while um, as, as a young teenager, which was kind of interesting. Um, in interesting and troubling for your parents. Like, yeah, he's got a yeah. lot of knives. Well, they were really supportive of it, too. Uh, you know, they'd come home with, uh, you know, new knives or, you know, something that my, my dad would find at, like, an auction or something yeah, like that. Yeah, getting, getting whetstones for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Um, I did, I got a hatchet for Christmas once, if that puts it into perspective. Okay, that's probably the coolest Christmas present I've heard of in a while. That's... Um, Kind of a kind of a normal thing when you're. Uh, I grew up in Nebraska, so I was. Uh, I wasn't a farm boy or anything, but a lot of my friends that uh, grew up in the same area were. So it was very hunting and okay, you know, stuff like that. So knives were knives were big, but went from uh, toys to knives and music, um, musical instruments, stuff like that. I collected. Um, then I got back into toys. You know. Cool. What sort of toys were the ones that like opened the proverbial floodgates for collecting again? Like, what was the the thing that jumped off the shelf or jumped off the page? And you're like, "This is amazing, and I need to be a part of this." Uh, I think it was uh, the it was a clear. I probably butcher the pronunciation, so sorry That's... for anybody that knows how to say this correctly. <laughs> uh, but the Shikabane um, Izu monster figure uh it was a clear version that had uh like plastic tubing through it and a very minimal paint job mm -hmm. um, and i saw it on a yahoo auction and uh i immediately saw it and of course it wasn't available so that you know really piqued my interest at mm -hmm. that point because i you know you want what you can't have right oh yeah absolutely <laughs> so from there um it was it was finding out there was this whole world behind um you know, that kind of toy. Um, and finding out there were a ton of different artists that were, were making, you know, crazy, creepy looking stuff that, you know, you, you, you couldn't get as a kid. And I think that's what a, what a lot of us are doing. I don't know about you guys, but collecting mm -hmm. for me nowadays is getting stuff that didn't exist as a kid. Yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. <laughs> it's being like, this would have been rad growing up or like uh or like newer takes on things you're like when you see a lot of the toys they had growing up you're like wow this is kind of the imagination really made this look a lot cooler when i was younger but then when you get like a noticeable upgrade of something you're like oh this is this is exactly what i wanted so oh rad the, the old masterpiece optimus prime scenario yeah. <laughs> you're like this is substantially cooler than anything that existed when i was a kid right <laughs> yeah uh, so you said that you uh you collected instruments do you play any as well yeah um so um been involved in in music as as long as i can remember um mm -hmm. started off playing guitar when i was eight or nine years old oh wow um a lot of self-taught stuff once again, just living in a small town, there wasn't a lot of opportunity to like get lessons and, mm -hmm. you know, and before, before the internet was a really accessible thing and, and before it was used to, to share information like that, like there weren't, yeah. you know, walkthrough videos on how to 
how to play instruments or things like that in the nineties mm -hmm. or early two thousands. So, um, a lot of self-taught, you know, music stuff. Um, if I could get my hands on the, on the instrument, um, I tried to learn how to play it. Um, yeah. so saxophone and, and things like that in high school as well. Sweet. Um, I played uh, in a in an indie rock band in the early two thousands, actually from I want to say like oh four to oh eight, uh, called Grace Gale on Creep Records, um, okay, out of Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, the band was stationed in uh, Boulder, Colorado, but yeah. Oh, that's like Logan's favorite place. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> I have I have the most mixed feelings about Boulder and Denver. It's like it was really cool to hang out with my brother for a week, but like there's nothing here. Like I just right. didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Do Although you still do you still play in any bands or do you still like pick up a, an instrument and give it a go or Oh yeah. Um you know, at least a little bit every day. Um okay. definitely more into like keyboards and synthesizers these days than you know nice. guitars and saxophones um, like where i started all right so i'll be expecting a synth wave or like retro wave uh solo album coming out in the hopefully in any, the near future any day any day now yeah it's um, uh definitely in the works right now <laughs> so you've always done fine art as well like um like painting and drawing and mm. things like that yeah. and you were doing that all throughout um your gap before making toys mm -hmm. and then when you started collecting again was it this instant thing where you're like i have to i have to turn this into a toy like all of this creative energy or for were you a collector for a while before you started sculpting and and making toys um i was a collector for um i'd say probably about a year or so before i got into you know wanting to make something in vinyl um i was still doing like resin casting and things like that around the same time i started to collect Okay. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, seeing, you know, that figure I mentioned, you know, before on the Yahoo auction, I think that, um, kind of planted the seed for me to where I really wanted, you know, later on to, to make things in vinyl or, you know, different mediums that are a lot lighter and felt more like a toy, you know, that you'd have when you're a kid or that you can go to the store and buy today. Um, right. Right. Yeah, because, like, I feel a lot of people who um, who get that spark and they're like, I need to make toys, um, go the sort of Sucklord-esque route yeah. where they're like, time to sculpt something and make a, a silicone mold and pour it in resin and here we go, this is a toy. And, like, there's definitely a, a, a place for that. And, like, it's something I've done as well. So <laughs> it's, like, it's very, it's fun and it's exciting. But at the end of the day, when you're holding it, you're right, like, even to like the tactile touch, it's like this is very cool and this is exciting, but it isn't. It isn't a Star Wars figure. It isn't a toy. It is. It doesn't feel the same yeah. as when you when you hold a, an actual toy. So yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Um, I don't know if this is a good example, but it, you know, um, drawing a sign or or painting a sign versus you know having a billboard. Put up. Mm -hmm. You know, it mm -hmm. it, it, it kind of has this, you know, wow factor that you don't get from, you know, home production. Yeah, yeah. true. It's still satisfying because you made it with your own hands, you know, you know, doing the resin casting and, and things like that. And there are some, you know, things out there that I'm just blown away by that people are able to produce on their own without oh, the help yeah. of, you know, professional factories and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so there's definitely that, you know, positive around it, but there's, there's this other feeling that you get from, you know, receiving a box full of toys, you know, from Japan or China. That's, it's just crazy uh, mm -hmm. to see your stuff made, you know, somebody, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I get you're paying them to do it, but you know, somebody, <laughs> this factory spent time, whether it's a mom and pop factory or a large organization, they spent time making your design in a different format. And that's just, it's wild. Yeah, yeah, totally. Especially with, like, Sofubi, the fact that, like, these things are, like, poured by hand and processed by hand and pulled by hand and trimmed yeah. by hand. Like, mm -hmm. it's it's an actual human being making this product, which is another thing that sort of separates it from, like, I don't know, a Marvel legend. Like, that's pumped out of a factory almost comedically on an assembly line, and yeah. there's no real people involved. 
Whereas Sofubi production, it's like, yep, this is someone's house that is now a factory and it's a mom and pop pulling, pulling plastic. Mm-hmm. And they'll still do like a couple hundred runs in like a day. And you're like, holy shit, guys. <laughs> and it, yeah. it, 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 it feels exclusive too. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll admit, you know, it, it's, it takes a lot of uh, time and patience to even, you know, get something made. So, you know, beyond what I just mentioned, as far as, you know, people spending time on it for you, but, um, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, it, it's once again, wow factor. Like I, I can't believe that I'm, I'm holding something in that toy format that I mm-hmm. made. Oh, that's cool. I feel like that's like the dream for anyone that's ever like dabbled in making toys. Like that that's that's the end goal of like, oh, getting that box, opening it up and being like, This is this is me. I did this. And yeah, I I, I definitely feel that like like I haven't felt that, I haven't made anything, but like again, that's I at some point that feeling is one that I hope to feel at some point. <laughs> Well, like, um, uh, another thing too, with like just the quality that comes with like your patience and waiting and, and figuring out how to get it done. And then eventually your toy arrives. Um, like you, you now have this thing that represents your vision, um, in, in like the perfect form. Whereas with pouring, re- pouring resin back <laughs> to pouring resin, it's like you, you finish your product and you pull it out and it's like, this is a piece of plastic. I I turned part A and I turned part B into this thing, and now it's time to sand it and trim the flash and try and try and present it and hope that it's understood. Um, and I I just found like my whole quest through like resin stuff. The only thing I ever really got out of it, other than like seeing my ideas become like a physical thing, was was meeting Tony. <laughs> like Tony <laughs> Tony is like my first and only customer, and now I talk to him once a week for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> all the time but like it's it's i don't know the artist quest is such like an interesting thing because you're trying to turn this like cacophony of like ideas and concepts into something tangible and then once it's there it's now it's time to present it to the world and see how the world reacts mm-hmm. i don't know and t- that, tangent over <laughs> that that's that's the most that's the most fun um it, it's kind of I'll admit there's 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 kind of um, some satisfaction even when people hate it. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Like, I don't. Art for me has always been, you know, like you said, putting putting together, you know, something, um, your idea, your story, your feelings into something someone can hold or look at if it's on a wall or you know, and if they hate it, it that's that's a reaction. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'd rather people love it, of course. <laughs> yeah. um, ultimately, that's that's the goal. You want people to like what you make, but and I, I'm not saying like those unsung, like you know, folks that I I just don't like it. And they don't talk about it, but it's the folks that go out of their way to like talk smack about it. Like I love that because it's like you spent time and energy yeah. today. <laughs> trying to quantify what you don't like about my art. <laughs> and I, I love, I like that. Cause it, if anything, it's, it's a mouthpiece. Um, it's free advertising, which is oh, yeah, true. You know, great. Um, but it gets that conversation going. Yeah. Um, yeah and I true. guess because like, um, because the stomach and, and the art you're doing is in the realm of grotesque as far as Sofubi goes, um, that in and of itself is an aesthetic that I imagine some people just find generally offensive. Yeah, um, some people don't so. dig it. Yeah. I was going to say, have you ever gotten any like really bad reactions like to your face from people like at conventions or shows? No. No, no? never okay. had a never had a to my face ba- um, bad reaction or bad interaction in the scene at all. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I guess That's that makes sense really because like too. we're we're all there to participate in this thing we love and even if it's not our specific niche within the niche mm-hmm. I feel like I've said niche within a niche a lot today um it's if a very it's not niche their subject sp- specific taste like obviously they're not going to be like I fucking hate that because like support <laughs> supporting it in general is what everybody's there for even if it isn't their specific thing mm-hmm. so. yeah That's true 
Yeah, That's it's good. not like people go to car conventions to pick fights with the Corvette guys. Oh, maybe they do. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know. I've been I've been to some conventions where like things get a little bit heated, and it's like, really, dude? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen things get heated. It's usually from collectors that are upset that they didn't get something that they were mm. shooting for. Yeah, right, right. Which you know that's a bummer. Nobody likes to lose. Yeah, quote unquote. You know. Yeah, a lot of times with stuff like that. Like, I've just been finding out about the whole Sophobie lotteries and things like that. And, yeah, a lot of times now it's it's the luck of the draw. So, you... Like, I, I could understand being frustrated if you lost all the lotteries that you entered. Um, but, like, I don't know, most of the time people that seem to enter things for these shows, they come out with something that they've been looking for, so... Yeah, just you know, calm down, guys. There's <laughs> plenty of toys out there. Exactly. There's there's plenty to go around. So, with all your creative endeavors, um, what does the future hold for you? Like, what are you? What are your goals and dreams and hopes for all of your various projects? Well, um, Stomach, I'd like to you know continue putting out runs of him uh, definitely until people are sick of him. Uh, and then I'll just make them for me. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, I do have another toy that's uh, very close to being done. A um, mm-hmm. lot of big, a lot of big things with it as well. Um, <clears throat> from uh, trying to do something a little bit different. I know a lot of the. Uh, I don't know. I've seen kind of like some toy rules and stuff like that when it comes to to making certain toy types. Um, I'm going to step outside of some of those rules and. Um, there might be a cartoon in the works, um, definitely yeah, yeah. a comic book. Um, so, you know, some supporting, um, things that you'll get along with the figure as opposed to just the figure, um, which not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, but I want to create kind of a, a world behind the, the character, um, instead of here it is kind of figure it out. Yeah, I did that very much so with uh, stomach, and it took a little while for folks to to figure it out. Um, <laughs> understandably so, it's a, it's a weird looking figure. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's so it's very unique because it's I mean it's not like humanoid in form. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. which is a, a departure from what most people are doing within the realm of soft final for sure. Yeah, it's it's abstract for sure. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to, that toy coming out. Depending on how that goes, um, you know, the success of that toy, there there's going to be some supporting characters, um, things for characters to ride, um, which will make much nice. more sense once the toy comes out. Um, so and which we'll, we'll which medium holds. are you uh, are you using for the toy? Is it going to be uh, Sofubi as well? It's going to be uh, soft vinyl, but not Japanese soft vinyl. Okay. Okay. So, made in China uh, by Gums Productions, um, who's produ- produce um, Draculasers yeah. uh, figures. Nice. Um, who else? Kyle Harper, Kill Six Six Art, um, Travis uh, Travisius. I'm pricing his his brand wrong. <laughs> Travisius toys, um, Killer Bootlegs. That's oh, some okay, stuff yeah. by him as well. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be that that same type of material. Oh wow, that's that's awesome. Cool. I'm yeah. I'm excited to hear about the whole comic and cartoon and like the multimedia thing. Like it's it's really cool when when you do see like more than just a toy. Like it, it sometimes it is fun to get the like play with it. The adventure is yours. Um, but having kind of like a little bit of a like this is what's going on with this character. Like that's that's pretty cool. So and that must be like really gratifying. To be able to be like, I have this story in my head, and this is how I'm going to show it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I worked a lot with a lot of different artists to make it happen. Instead of mm-hmm. being kind of siloed off on my own, like I did with Stomach, um, I worked with a local sculptor to kind of bring my idea to life. Okay. Um, you know, so out here in Tucson, um, I worked with uh, an artist in Australia for the header card art. Um, Sweet. The guy in California is doing all my animation stuff. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, you're p- to... pulling together a bunch of like-minded individuals to mm-hmm. make the project come to life? 
Yeah, folks that have done things kind of in the same vein um, mm -hmm. of what the figure is, um, kind of already the, the idea and story behind the character, um, they fit, so to speak, um, with that style. So, um, and, and luckily enough, uh, I was, they weren't, uh, they weren't too expensive for me to get it done. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Thank you to everybody that knows that they were involved. I'll announce everybody you know, later. Um, but if they, Sweet. if they listen to this, thank you guys. Cause can, couldn't have made it this far without you. <laughs> please do listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody with talent and influence, please listen to our podcast. <laughs> um, so when when is the tentative uh like announcement like when do you when do you want to present this to people or is it still is there too many moving parts to nail down a time um i'm literally uh just waiting on an email from the factory on when i'll have vinyl in hand um okay. and then the animation should be done this weekend or sometime this week uh have nice. a card art around the same time so i i made the original deadline um designer con but that seems far way too far away uh, yeah with how close things are to being done so i'm hoping within the next um, month or so that's oh, damn, awesome that's, that's super cool and are you going to be uh just using instagram as the platform to show this to people like once you have some some of the promotional stuff ready yeah um instagram facebook that type of thing i'm not yeah. as uh, well versed with facebook i tend to avoid it but yeah that's it's fair a, it's up and stuff there yeah, it's a it's a it's a nightmarish hellscape where uh, everyone's watching you, but yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, family members and keyboard warriors. And... Yeah. <laughs> everyone's mom is mad at me. I don't know why. Why is everyone's why is mom it, mad at me? Why is everybody pissed? Oh my god, I remember. I might have even told this story at one point on the podcast. But back in the early <laughs> days of Facebook. I didn't fully understand the ramifications of what it meant to post things. And oh, I, yeah. I saw this terrible porno and it was just something like really ridiculous. Like it was like two priests and a nun, but somebody had like devil horns. It was like the weirdest <laughs> shit I'd ever seen. And I just, I didn't, I didn't find it in the least bit erotic. I just found it fucking hilarious. And I posted it to one of my buddy's walls, <laughs> which again, this is like the year Facebook launches. I don't, I don't fully understand. And then the very first comment is a friend of a friend's like mom being like, like Raymond is friends with Derek's little cousins. This is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> Deleted the post, but like, oh man, just what a hilarious misunderstanding. Cause I thought I was in this magical realm. Like our IRC was where like, nobody knows who I am. I can just do whatever the fuck I want. Right? <laughs> Apparently oh, not okay. IRC days. Wow. Oh yeah. Back, back in the, <laughs> yeah. Back in the old chat rooms. And that's, I think that's why I like discord so much yeah is it's it kind of brings you back to that yeah <laughs> it's the good old days where you can post whatever you want within reason i'm allowed to ban whoever pisses me off <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's good times oh cool do we do you have any questions i think there's a couple questions from the podcast or from the discord we're the podcast yeah, we're we're a podcast. We have a Discord, and they have asked a couple questions. If you go. don't I'm, mind, Nate. No, not at all. Not at all. Fire away. Um, Lucas asks, "What are some things you would fight about?" Uh, Lucas is notorious for having um, some of the worst questions. Um, I'm I'm gonna personally say uh, love, not money. I don't know. <laughs> I would fight for love. Um, never money. Um, I would fight for respect if it was worth it. That's a good one. Tony's like good ramen. Is that <laughs> Tony's uh, answer? <laughs> things I would fight. Oh man, that's such a that's a. I, I say this for everything. That is a loaded question, which means I have a non-answer. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to. I just, oh, thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate. Yeah, just gloss over. Just gloss over me. What I thought I thought you I'm gonna fight thought, you right now. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna fucking. I, fight. I thought you were going non-answer. <laughs> no, it's just a weird. It, again, it's a weird one. Like things I've I've fought about dumb shit before, and I've totally brushed over stuff that does matter. So <laughs> Tony's talking black eyes over Pokemon cards. Like. Pre oh yeah. no, I've never I've never fought anyone over a Pokemon card, but like, 
yeah again i guess it's like yeah fight over love uh is one of the, i know i've gotten into to fist fights over over gals before <laughs> but so like, valiant oh and then also because one of my friends was drunk and the only way we could calm him down was to fight was him to, was to fight him well he was like i've never been in a fight fight me fight me and we're like okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's right, midnight I... and my birthday and we're running around <laughs> it did it did actually and he was like it was a it was weird because it was my birthday but it was his housewarming party so it was like a perfect storm of people just bringing booze um and at some point we just kind of like lost him and he had like this weird weird moment um and he's it was me and another friend that tried to like find him and track him down and he lived in like a not the super fancy neighborhood of town but one of the nicer ones ones where like you'd probably get the cops called on you from a concerned parent if they saw you trudging around through the front lawn so we're like come back to your house come back to your house we're gonna we'll take you he's like no I'm not going anywhere until I get into a fight. And we're like, fine, we'll fight you. But it has to be on your front lawn. <laughs> so we we get on the front lawn. And he, like, gets ready. And he starts, like, doing a couple swings. And I'm sober at this point, too. So I'm able to, like, kind of miss and everything. And I'm like, fuck, okay, all right. And then my friend's like, okay, Chris, uh, Chris, Fight Club Ian and I. So that's his name is now Fight Club Ian. <laughs> Because of this situation, yeah. Um, so Chris pulls me over. He's like, okay, I know what to do. I'm going in. Hang up back here. We're like, all right, cool. Um, and, like, you know, it's, we landed a couple hits on each other and stuff like that. It wasn't too too much. Chris goes in and gets his nose broken. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> There's blood everywhere. Fight Club Ian realizes what happened. He starts crying. Like, it was just a big... <laughs> there's a big group hug that happened. <laughs> it was pretty great. Um, next morning, I got home, took a shower and everything, and, like, looked in the mirror, and I'm like, oh, what is... Is that... There's, like, this blood on my face. I'm like, I don't know whose blood, though. <laughs> so that was the last, like, fight fight that I've had, and... What are things you would fight about? Uh, drunken, drunken shenanigans, and love. <laughs> I take it back. Lucas asks good questions. Uh, is, you got one good question, <laughs> Lucas. Don't fuck it up, dude. <laughs> uh, Hatchy Mackie asks, "How would you make a metal mold to use for casting vinyl?" I'm asking for a friend. Um, I mean. I don't know if we really expect you to give a step-by-step, but I guess the short answer would be is get someone else to do it, right? <laughs> That's definitely the short answer. Um, yeah. You're going to want to you know, do your research as far as um, different places to start. Um, there are different companies out there that, that can basically make the whole process work for you. Um, companies like Lulubel, um, Gums Productions, um, Science Patrols, I believe. I'm sorry mm. if I'm dropping your guys' names and you're not accepting me work. I apologize. Um, uh, okay they can handle everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you can start with those folks. Um, they can kind of walk you through it or just give you an idea. Um, be prepared for the cost. It's it's not exactly cheap um, in the grand scheme of things. Um, not everybody has, you know, two to $5,000 just lying around to go, hey, make me a toy. And it can be more or less than that, depending on what you're working with. Um, there are companies out there that will do your mold only, and then it's up to you to cart things over to the factory from there. Um, okay. I don't have experience with that. Um, but yeah, that's that's without getting too deep and wordy on you guys. Yeah. <laughs> not not that I'm an expert, but that's just from my experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know it's all good. I'm, I'm sure he would also appreciate if you were to get wordy, but like... <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's like a different like video or project all in yep. and of itself that Is would that be a, a full podcast of like how to make a, a mold slash your vinyl toy done in an hour um yeah. what i will say before you even reach out to any of those folks have your sculpt ready to go um have it sculpted in something that isn't going to break on the way and also be okay if you're going to send the original overseas 
if it gets lost, know that's your original. Um, mm. So I, I'd recommend making a resin cast um, master, you know, version that you can send over. So if it gets broken, you're cool. You've got a mold to reproduce it. Get that all in order first. Take some great pictures, get measurements, and then send emails with as much information as you can to these folks, telling them what type of timeline you're looking at and what you expect as a customer. And you really can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like I think, any good good art project, it starts really with having your concept and your idea locked down in your head and then it's going from there. And yeah. I think mm -hmm. like having that original sculpt and that concept and essentially having your prototype ready is the first step because like you don't want to start a dialogue with someone and have nothing to produce yeah well, that's cool would you would you recommend having more than one thing ready to go like if if the factory's like oh we we can't do this but you know instead of just closing communication like all right well here is another thing that i want to get done well, kind of know what you want as your end product before you go there. Um, okay. So if you're going through, you know, uh, Lulu Bell and folks like that, you're dealing with, with Sofubi, um, if I'm saying that correctly. Sorry, once again. <laughs> I think Sofubi so, so and Sofubi are interchangeable. Yeah. Interchangeable. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if that's the product that you want, um, specifically, um, it's going to be a, a usually a longer process than saying going through like a Chinese company that'll kind of crank it out pretty quick for you. And that's usually because there's a waiting list. There's a lot of artists that um, have project projects that are waiting on. Hmm. Um, so that's, that's another thing to kind of take into account. If you don't mind what the outcome is, as long as it's quality vinyl, um, you can look at, you know, four to five months turnaround time. If you go through a Chinese company versus, um, you know, going through Japan can be a year or more. Um, just from my experience, stomach took about around, yeah, it was about a year or so, 10 to 12 months. Wow. So if, if you're patient, you know, go that route. If you need it right away, because you got a show coming up that you want to be in, um, go the other route. Um, know that there will probably be some collectors that won't want to buy your stuff because it's not Japanese vinyl. Oh, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Purists. I'm not <laughs> purists you know is there a way to like i mean okay i'm gonna sound like a clandestine is there a way to tell like absolutely tell the difference between japanese and, and China? like a really high quality chinese vinyl and like let's say a lower quality japanese vinyl well i only know the difference by smell um, oh okay japanese vinyl has a very specific smell um I can only describe it as kind of spicy. I don't know if that if that makes sense. I'm down with that. <laughs> uh, uh, other collectors that know what I'm talking about, how would you describe it? Um, but uh, Chinese stuff smells like um, like brand new pool toys. Like you get like a new mm. inner tube or something like that. It smells like that. Oh, yeah. okay. So yeah, that that very much like plasticky factory smell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I've never had the experience of, of smelling two different uh, types of vinyl from Japan. They seem to be about the same. Like I okay. smell them, they smell the same. Hmm, that's kind of cool too, actually. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I don't notice really too much of a difference. Um, so it, it depends on the thickness of the pour, I guess. Um, okay. I've touched Japanese vinyl stuff that I thought was Chinese until I smelled it, um, just because mm -hmm. the way it felt, because it was thinner of a pour. Um, so I don't know if that maybe kind of lends to a softer toy when it comes to, you know, Chinese stuff. Well, maybe, yeah. But yeah. Hmm. It's all in the smell. Follow your nose. So that's that's actually really, really good advice. <laughs> and I, I thought it was a weirdo until at conventions I look around and I see other you know, toy dudes smelling the toys. I'm like, ah, I'm good you, old huff. <laughs> what you're up to. Uh, we got we got a really hard hitting question here. Um, Sam the Mop uh, wanna knows wants to know. Uh, do you guys like chocolate milk? I prefer strawberry. Ooh, oh. good answer. Um, so I don't dislike it. Is mm. my answer. Okay. What okay. about you, Tony? 
Oh yeah, no, I'm 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 pretty yeah, chocolate milk's pretty good. <laughs> I, I do enjoy like me some chocolate milk. I used I used to be super down with chocolate milk, but yeah. some something changed maybe like five years ago. I I I'm I mean, you are the milkman, so I apologize, but I don't really I don't really do milk. <laughs> I just I just don't anymore. Yeah. What what did what did milk do to you, man? Uh, it didn't really <laughs> did do anything to wrong? me. It didn't do anything to me other than just, like, be no longer necessary. I feel like growing up, like, I would, like, just drink a two liter of milk. I would just pound it. I didn't care. Milk mm-hmm. all day, every day. But then just eventually I, I didn't need it anymore. You know, I was a baby calf and now I'm a full grown steer, I guess. My bones are calcified <laughs> enough. I don't know. Isn't, isn't that the way milk's supposed to work, though? Aren't you only supposed to need it when you're young and developing like any other animal i guess think so. so i mean like you're the milkman i mean <laughs> actually this this is a great segue into the the final question here from nafta he yeah. asks how does one obtain the title the milkman so it's it's kind of a lame story um, perfect it's probably more funny to me than it'll be to anybody else but uh it goes back to when um i was in grayscale um that touring van mm-hmm. and uh We'd stop at different gas stations while we're on the road, and they'd ask me what I'd want. You know, somebody's running in, hey, you know, Nate, can I get you anything? And I'd be known to come out of a dead sleep and say stuff like water and a strawberry milk. <laughs> so over time, they'd, you know, of course, give me a ton of shit for that. And be like, hey, do you want water or strawberry milk? Like, well, fuck yeah, you know I wanted water and a strawberry milk. <laughs> Uh, but over time, it became yo milkman. You know, <laughs> so it was, that's that's kind of where it came from. Nice. Uh, was that so... my MySpace profile name back in those days? Oh, oh really? Wow. Ooh, so Nate the milkman goes back quite quite a while. Yeah. Um, so your little your little splash in your your artwork and your logo of Nate the milkman mm-hmm. that that in and of itself has become a character. Uh, so the like the actual milkman guy that's yeah. all melty, um, yeah. not not really. It was just uh, my buddy uh, DCA Toys. Um, I hit him up because I really I, I badly needed a logo and everything. I drew up looked like shit. Um, <laughs> you guys have seen my drawing. Come on. <laughs> um, you needed some branding. Yeah, I needed some branding, and uh, you know he he made it happen. Um, between between him and I, we uh, we talked about kind of. You know, Toxy uh, versus yeah. a zombified milkman looking yeah. dude. Um, so yeah, yeah there, it's my melty alter ego. <laughs> there's there's definitely some like Toxy in that that picture. I was like, that eye is very <laughs> very Toxic Avenger. <laughs> uh, all right, know what? In that case, what are some of your favorite trauma movies? Favorite drama movies? Trauma. Oh, trauma. Yeah. Um, I don't I'm not sure if this is a trauma film. Okay. Um but Desperate Living, have you seen that? I haven't seen that one, no. It's the most off the wall movie and I saw it around the time I was watching a lot of different trauma films. Um, nice. but that's the one that really sticks out to me. Um outside of that, I don't I don't think a trauma film comes to mind that tops that one because it's so off the wall. So if it's not a trauma film, I don't have a favorite film. <laughs> um, if if it is, then you know, stamp that, stamp that one number one thing. Uh, it doesn't okay. It looks like you don't have a favorite trauma film then. <laughs> but it's someone's got the wiki open. I maybe. Uh, oh, I'm like whoa! I, th- I got to find out about this. Uh, it's done by John Waters, though, so that makes a lot of sense. So, cool. All right, I'm I'm putting this on the list of of stuff it, I need to watch it, now. It's in the queue. Yep. <laughs> it's creepy. Any 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 movie where there's it involves someone getting a sex change only to get only to cut their new penis off later. It's just cool. <laughs> next next level. Um, you know, next level cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the the. I don't know what they're called, but whenever you, like, you see something and then there's like, here's a quote from something, or here's a quote from, from this, like, movie of the year, emotionally scarred me. There is, on the front, is just a work of true trash art. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm down. Sold. I'm ready. Also, I think like the title for this podcast is probably Next Level Cinema. Next Level Cinema. <laughs> Nate the Milkman stars in Next Level Cinema. Uh, Coming this summer. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, if I'm like, especially summertime is like the perfect time to watch like weird, bizarre, gross movies like that. I agree. Well, when, when just, is not any, a good any time. excuse to stay indoors? Yeah, it's that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I I am I am like a horror movies all year round type person, but like I feel like kind of in the fall, I'm more like suspenseful. Um, kind of kind of like Halloween and um, like revisiting the classics and stuff mm. like that. Or like uh, I need to watch The Void, but I feel like I'm waiting until. Halloween to go and be like, all right, let's let's do this. Let's watch the void and then the ritual and stuff like that. But like the super schlocky, gross out movies from like seventies, eighties, early nineties. That's like summertime. Let's do this. You think that's uh, maybe a weird question, but you think it's maybe because it's uh, you know around holidays you start thinking about stuff that you know you used to be into that you've seen before because you're coming around those familiar times of like Halloween and you know, Christmas yeah. time. Shit like that. that that might be it and like i feel like the the mood the mood of those seasons like everything kind of winds down and it's a little bit kind of like weird and slower paced and kind of spooky as well uh, you kind of want something more in line with that type of mood whereas like stuff like this it's like all bright colors and shit moves fast and so uh maybe maybe i'm thinking too much about it. it's i only had one giant mug of coffee today so <laughs> Sorry about that. i'm rambling that's hmm. a, a mutual interest we all love a good horror flick i would hope so yeah in a perfect like, world everybody does what's I, uh what's like top of your list for horror movies right now um, right now my yeah, like I, recent I, shit i hmm. really liked uh hereditary the one that's just in theaters now um i think that it if you were going into that film expecting like a a sort of like classic like slasher kind of flick or ghost kind of flick or haunting sort of flick you might be disappointed but like it's so gritty and real and just watching this family like rip themselves apart at the seams is just like it's like watching a car wreck in slow motion it's just like oh my (laughs) god and like like knuckles clenched it was just so like it made me cringe in the best way like cool yeah i really enjoyed it yeah i heard it was very similar to the bitch which came out last year like Mm. not not similar as in like um like theme but movie style yeah i think it's it's the same same film company and i think the same production team worked on that but it's a different director it's a first time director okay sweet yeah i like hearing that alone too was like okay sign me up i'm i'm down i gotta check that out so i need to see it again i went to i went to the theater and saw it and um people ruined it by being loud and laughing inappropriately throughout it so i couldn't i couldn't really focus but yeah. It would. It really had um, a lot of great parts um, that still stuck with me. Like it's it's one of those movies you walk away, you know, from, and you're you're kind of creeped out, mm-hmm. um, and it sticks with you for like a day or so. You're kinda yeah, like, oh, that's yeah, that's, that's a bummer that's a that people awkward. were were ruining it for you because there was there was one part where where people started laughing and. It was annoying and distracting, but if it was happening throughout, that'd be annoying. Because I know, like mm-hmm. the um, the son, that character, his performance is really unsettling. But I think it could be taken as com like comedic because it's a little bit like blubbering and strange. But like when I was watching the film, I I was invested. Like I try my best to go in with no expectation and try to see things from the perspective of the characters we're given. And with yeah. the with the son, I don't see it as a weird, uncomfortable performance. I see it as almost like a childhood regression. Like he's getting yeah. more and more 
afraid and infantile in the way he responds to the things that are happening. And there's one point at which he's like blubbering and crying and like mm-hmm. behaving like a total child. And that was the part at which people were laughing. And I was like, come on guys, like shut the fuck up. I'm trying to enjoy right. this scary ass <laughs> movie. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, people laughed during that too, but I, I felt like it was in, in my situation, the folks that were like, cause there were very few people in the theater. It was like, mm us an older gentleman with a cough um that they were laughing at too and you know then this group of teenagers yeah um, i sound like such an old folk it was a group of teenagers um but they they were laughing during that part too and i felt like it was more of an uncomfortable laugh because they didn't really know how to take it or how to react to it because it was like you said it was this it was almost awkward Mm mm-hmm the way that he was crying at that part that you're talking about. Like, you're yeah. like, oh my God, like he's, he's off it. He's yeah. off his rocker. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're now, it's yeah. just an episode of guttural frequency now. <laughs> uh, That's not a thing that exists R.I.P. Tony, Tony's previous podcast. <laughs> uh, I used to do a horror podcast. So like for a while it was like, like horror overload. It was kind of great. <laughs> It's funny you should mention that as well. I refuse to watch horror movies in theaters only because I can't stand the horror movie crowd. Like, this, yeah, you'll either get, yeah, tons of, like, the, the dang kids in their teens laughing at, like, stuff that you're like, what the fuck? And then, like, when there is a kind of, like, tension breaking comedic moment, fuck, dead silent. You're like, What's like, wrong that with everyone? Really funny, right there, and nobody's. It's like, just me, and now I've turned into that person, right? And then, like the people that like freak out and kick the back of your seat when an obvious <laughs> jump scare happens. I'm just like, no, just just no more, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm. This almost I'm ties back into like talking about once you've created your art and you present it to the world. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't, I can't yeah. imagine like a director at like a screener for a horror film if someone was like laughing at the wrong parts, just being like, oh, I, I'm misunderstood. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know my audience at all. Yeah. <laughs> the but like these kids were la- like the opening scene of that movie is just an obituary. That's mm-hmm. all it is, and they were laughing during that, and I like oh, I knew I, was, I knew I knew it was over from that. Oh that point no, <laughs> yeah, and it's and it and it was brave to open a film that way because like yeah, movies sometimes open with scrolling text or with something to read, but like yeah. the fact that it's literally like a cut and paste from a newspaper, like so and so has died, they left behind, and it just like it's this it's uncomfortable and maybe it's lost on like a newer generation a younger group of people because mm-hmm. they may have never had to read an obituary but like yeah. like to, yeah or yeah to someone who's like oh like that teacher um died uh here's their obituary that sucks and it's just like having to read like oh this person who was a part of my life is now gone and yeah. this is their obituary. So, like, when I read that, it's like, I've read obituaries of people I've known. And it's like, it was troubling. And it's like, oh, yeah. fuck, like, here we go. We're in for mm-hmm. some, like, real shit. Yeah. And then, I guess to someone who may have never had to confront something like that, it's just not, it doesn't make sense to them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I read it like you'd see that disclaimer, like, the names and, and dates have been changed to protect. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, you're like... Like you said, you're in for some shit when you see an obituary or some phrase like that. Like, yeah, nobody's like, laughing yes. when the Star Wars, you know, scrolling shit starts. Like, yeah, nobody's totally. like, ha, 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 this is funny. Like, nobody's laughing about that. <laughs> There's it, a Republic the that's thing. hilarious. <laughs> a New Hope. What happened to the last one? Yeah, maybe maybe that's why I just don't watch movies in theaters anymore, just in general. <laughs> I don't know, I'm I'm gonna give one of those. Um, we have this place here in town called Roadhouse that uh, you Ooh. can go to, and uh, you sit. It's you know, sit down at a table, order a steak, and watch a movie. Oh, cool! So, um, hopefully, that's a little bit better. Um, yeah, that'd be yeah. that'd be good. That sounds really cool. As far as I know, we have nothing like that over here. It's uh, 
it gets great reviews. Um, movies are a bit more expensive, of course. So uh-huh. You have to make reservations in advance, but I, I think that would clear out some of the crowd that kind of ruins movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, because only someone who's really interested in cinema in general would want to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like closest thing is like the VIP theater, and they managed to do kind of like a lockout as well by being able to serve like alcohol. So even if you don't drink, it's still like oh you have to be nineteen plus to get in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but they yeah they serve drinks and I think you can get like a burger or something. Um, but nothing like ooh here's your steak dinner sir enjoy. You're showing up hereditary. <laughs> yeah, here's Spit your this glass of Mer- Merlot all over the place. You know, <laughs> <in certain laughs> scenes. horribly pairing the food with the movie. It's like here is your green curry, and now let us present Exorcist. <laughs> like, here's Silence of <laughs> the Lamb <laughs> and your steak. <laughs> I don't uh, know, that might be interesting pairing if you're, like, eating stuff, like, especially the, the Silence of the Lamb ones, you know, if it was, like, something Steak tartar. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> something very close to it, and then they, you know, match it up. That, That's, yeah, uh, that... you know, themed dinners. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's themed drinks, so let's let's get on the themed food. That that reminds me, they have a, uh, a sandwich restaurant here in town. That, uh, yeah. All of their sandwiches are like based on like serial killer names or like uh horror movies and stuff like that really they're called serial grillers <laughs> <laughs> really good i that think it's a world-class pun work yeah right <laughs> yeah good stuff though um really good stuff now i'm rambling anyway no no that's totally i kind of want to know like the menu what the <laughs> The John Wayne Gacy melt would be. Would <laughs> it just well, be I a pogo corn dog? Like... I pull it up right now, but I'm not. <laughs> Let, if you if you've got your uh, computer machine handy. Uh... <laughs> oh, and how cereal yeah. <laughs> grillers, delicious grillers. Yeah, I think they were on like uh, they were featured on like a Food Network show or something. So they started as a food truck and then blew up. Yeah. There we go. Oh, my computer's gonna think that I'm in in Arizona now. So you're um, in the world of uh, of toys and art where they collide. Are there any sort of like import or domestic sort of on the shelf kind of toys that you're actively interested in? Like things you collect that you would find like locally, like Black Series or Legends or things like that. Not really. Um, no. no, I'm sort of out of the uh conventional box and packaging uh type of dude yeah i don't i don't collect a lot of stuff like that it's it's usually you know really obscure um weird things that i come across in like um, antique stores um you know stuff like that if it's you know kind of got some creep to it i'll pick it up like i i thought <laughs> i thought this was great we got this at the swap meet here in town so it's a canteen that's fashion to be oh. <laughs> a hoof. An animal so, you know, Yeah, it's an animal hoof. But, you know, it's got your little cork bottle. Keeps, keeps you hydrated. And... Yeah, you know. And also is strangely thing. macabre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so it's stuff like that. Um, and and is there any element of, like, childhood reclamation where there's like toys that you would grab because like oh man like i totally like played with that in the sandbox like is there any of that that you go for uh not really outside of collecting things that you know that designers had their hands on so you know groman of course you know being involved in like mad balls and things that i I played with as a kid of course i i collect that stuff from Mm -hmm. him today um you know, some of the Boglin stuff as well, some Tim Clark stuff. Um, and I still have some of my old toys, um, minus a lot of the He-Man stuff. I've still got my My Pet Monster, um, a couple of um, Silverhawks figures, um, right. some stuff like that. But I, I don't really go back and, and try to find that stuff today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, you're, cool. you're moving forward, which is commendable because when it comes to collecting and toy collecting specifically, um, most of us are actively regressing. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> We're becoming that kid from... Right <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when your toy uh, takes a dive off the shelf, you just turn into a blubbering, uncomfortable mess. <laughs> uh, depends on the toy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not saying that I've been there before, but... <laughs> just just weeping on the floor by your toy shelf why oh. right <laughs> just with accessories falling through your fingers oh, <laughs> oh god and i'll never see them again oh. <laughs> it's happened too many times <laughs> too many times <clears throat> oh well before we close things out here is there anything you want to plug or tell the people um, well, the, the biggest thing, you know, I, I just wanted to really, you know, thank you guys, uh, first of all, for, um, you know, inviting me to do this. Um, yeah, no problem. Happy to have you. Yeah. It's my, it's my first one. So I hope it was, um, in some way interesting to you guys or anybody that's listening. Um, I want to thank everybody that's ever looked at my stuff, whether they liked it, disliked it, um, bought it, you know, shared a photo asked me to be involved in a show um really i can't i can't say how grateful um i am to everybody that's in this scene um and what they contribute um i don't think i would be doing anything that i'm doing today without the the influence um of so many artists there's there's too many to even even name um and i hope that um things continue to move in a positive, um, direction for the scene as well. Um, I've seen a lot of negative stuff, you know, over the, you know, few years I've been involved. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm happy to see a lot of that dissolving. Um, that's good. You know, and, and big name artists being okay with interacting with small folks, you know, small name folks like me and, and, uh, being willing to give me honest feedback, not just, Hey, your shit sucks. Um, you know, and help me grow as an artist. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's really it. I could keep going on how thankful I am. <laughs> uh, just cause it, it's, it's a dream of, of mine to even be able to, to make this stuff. And the fact that even one person picks it up is, is crazy. Um, yeah. so, um, yeah. That's rad, dude. Yeah. No, thank you so much for, for agreeing to come on and everything. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, loved loved having you. Hopefully, we'll get you on again or get down to a con. I I'll hopefully get down to a con at some point and be able to pick up pick up a stomach in person because that'd be awesome. Cool. Better, well, I'll have to uh, I'll have to mule one for you if I get my yeah. ass to decon. Re- realistically, if if Logan goes to decon and I can't, there's going to be a few extra bucks in, in his pocket for that. <laughs> Heck yeah! Well, if, I hope to see you guys at decon. Um, you know, should be a good time. It was last year, oh, awesome. so why why not do it again, right? Hell yeah, yeah. When that's I keep telling myself every year, like, yeah, gotta go to decon. So I think not. Fuck, maybe I'll I'll start squirreling away now. <laughs> um, I don't have booth numbers yet, but I'll be sharing a booth with uh, Expanded Universe and James Groman, kind of like I normally do. Um, nice. So yeah, swing by, say hi. Um, doesn't matter if you if you don't have money <laughs> just come by and make fun of my shit that's that's just as as much fun for me as somebody coming by and, and saying that's awesome so come come by and give high fives it's the main thing high fives all the time or hugs awesome. you know if you're, if you're that type of person uh, also you have an instagram uh so if you're not following nate the milkman on instagram it is at nate the milkman all one word yeah, and I will uh, throw that in the promo section on Discord and pin it for you guys so it doesn't get lost and you guys can uh, check out Nate's work if you haven't already. All right, and remember, folks, a Boba Fett for a Greedo is a notoriously bad trade. We'll see you next time. See ya. Cool. Cool. Yeah, thanks so that much for awesome. being on. That was awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks. <laughs>